He's so important to me because I don't have anything else. And that is today's Morning Moxie. Welcome to the Morning Moxie Show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp, and today is Testimony Thursday. And we have with us Austin Carlisle, and he's sharing his testimony with an I Am Second white chair film testimony. And it is a really, really touching story how God came and pursued him. Like he ran from God when he was young, but God continued to pursue him. And through it, he got healed. It's an amazing story. Here it is. My junior year of high school, I got a phone call one day. It was my grandma, and she said, you know, your mom isn't, we were taking her to the hospital, she passed out. I got there just as the ambulance was getting there, and it couldn't have been two hours. Uh, the doctors came in and, and they said that my mom had passed, she was gone. She didn't have terminal cancer. She didn't have a sickness. She didn't have an illness. It was something that came out of nowhere. I remember going from the special room. My grandma took a left to go see the body. And I took a right. And I ran out of the front of the hospital, threw my hands in the air, and I cursed God for the first time in 17 years. When I was about 19 is when music really came into my life. And when music came into my life, I saw it as my new God. I started my band of Mice and Men, had tryouts, found the band, wrote a record, went on tour right away. I could yell into a mic and get all of that rage and that hate out. Some of my lyrics I talk about bullying, I talk about depression, I talk about suicide, divorce, losing loved ones. When you're on the road and you're touring a lot, drinking is very easy. I drank all the time. I smoked uh, marijuana all the time because it helped the pain. I thought of what I was dealing with mentally and emotionally and spiritually. I need your love like a boy needs his mother's side. When my mom passed away, they thought she had a heart attack, but they, they found out later with the autopsy that she had something called Marfan syndrome. Marfan syndrome causes all of your, your connective tissues in your whole bodies to, to, to stretch, to pull, to break apart. A lot of people that have Marfans are in wheelchairs or crutches. Their backs look like an S. And the biggest thing to worry about with Marfans is your aorta valve and your heart. And my mom never knew that she had Marfans. That's why we lost her. And I found out that I had the same genetic disorder. I had the DNA testing done and... Turns out I have the mutant gene, and it was kind of cool for me to know that I have a mutant gene because I'm a big X-Men fan. I'm a big comic book fan, and so knowing that I'm a mutant was kind of cool, and it brought a little solace to me. The Marfans 
you know, I wasn't even supposed to do sports anymore. And here I was jumping off of balconies and jumping off of stage and, and starting mosh pits and going in the middle of them. A few years into the band, I found out that I needed to have heart surgery. I cut my sternum from here to here. Your head's on ice, your heart stop. They pull out your heart. I replaced the part of my aorta right here with the same material as a sailboat sail. I wanted to do it so that I could be better and move on. I went back to the band, get to the hard part. <laughs> my health started to, to, to get worse and worse and worse. Issues with my hip, my ribs, my back, my legs. Every time I would sing really bad arthritis, I would have just really, really sharp pain shoot up into my head and my whole body and have seizures and I would throw up because of the Before pain. Before we had toured with, you know, Avenged Sevenfold and Metallica in Australia. sing, pop my rib back in, sing, pop my rib back in. I got to sing on stage every night with Lincoln Park, taking pain medication every day. The band could tell I was in pain taking and uppers okay. and downers. You know, let's stop. No, push through, push through, keep going. Things to help me sleep, things to help me wake up. It was just a decline, a very sharp decline. I, I remember very vividly our bus was having a party, like usual, and I crawled to the top of the bus. I called my dad and I said, hey, dad, man, like, what is the purpose of this? What am I missing? What am I doing wrong? The band is building all this success and, and all of these things, but I still feel so empty and hurt and lost. And the only thing that he replied with was, where's God in your life? I don't remember my response. I don't remember the rest of the conversation, but I remember hanging up and those words just hanging on my spirit. Where is God in your life? Where is God in your life? Over the next couple of years, I started to become sober and I specifically remember trying to write and I couldn't write about anything other than what God was doing in my life and this change that I wanted and was craving so badly for. And I remember putting down the pen and saying, you know what, God, I want to come back. I, I, I need you. <laughs> I can't do this on my own anymore. I don't want to do this on my own anymore. I said, I want you to use me, use my feet, use my hands, use my mouth, use my talent, use everything that I am for your glory. And I said, I, I give you my life, I give you my heart, use it. And I had no idea what I was in store for. October of 2016, my doctor said, you can't, you can't do this anymore. Every time I was singing, I was tearing holes in my sp spine. And the, the pain was because the spinal fluid was coming out. The doctors told me you can't be in the band and your body needs to rest. Everything that I was was that band. And I walked away. And I knew God was calling me to do something different, but I was so confused as to what it was. I prayed to God one night. I said, you have to take this from me. I can't do this anymore. I don't know why you're putting me through this. And the next morning I woke up, still didn't feel good. And I met a group of people that I saw in the back of the church that I knew that they weren't from there. So I went and introduced myself afterwards. And within a couple of minutes of speaking with them, this young lady says to me, can I ask you a weird question? And she said, God, the spirit 
is telling me that you're having some back issues right now. And I was like, what? Then and there, they laid their hands on me and they prayed for me. And I started from standing with them praying to my knees. And as they were praying for me, God was telling them different pains that my body is having. And I started to break down and they prayed for healing. They prayed for restoration. I'm not usually a sensual, touchy-feely kind of kind of guy. That's not my thing. Crying in public isn't a big thing. Um, I stood up after that prayer and I could touch my toes for the first time in like two months. I stood up and I took my back brace off. I went out and was playing football and playing in the waves. My dad kept saying, take it easy, take it easy. Like, don't overdo it. Turns out these were missionaries that were just on a spirit-led trip to South America and I was healed. And people saw it, people like, did you have surgery? What's going on? You're glowing, like you're not limping. Now, I have a storage unit filled with everything that I had from childhood. I found out just three weeks after the healing that my entire storage unit was auctioned off. And I broke, I broke down. And so I said, please, you took all my stuff. That's fine. The only things that I want back are my mom's ashes, my family photos, and the only letters that I had written from my mom. And these people wouldn't even give me that back. And I thought it was so wild that God healed me and then took all of this from me. And I saw it as God saying, you wanted to be a new man? You're a new man in me? Here we go. The whole time I was running from God, I was kicking and screaming and trying to run the other way. He was waiting for me. He welcomed me back with open arms. And just to know that the God of the universe, the God that created everything that we are, loves me, loves you, loves us so much that he gives us chance after chance after chance after chance and pursues us. There's no greater love than that. The people that have followed me, they have to know now what actually brought me through all those things, and that was Christ. He's so important to me because I don't have anything else. <laughs> I literally have nothing else, but my heart is more full than it's ever been in my entire life. My name is Austin Carlisle. I am second. That was Austin Carlisle. And you can find it on YouTube if you search under Austin Carlisle, I am second white chair film. You can also find out more information about I am second at their website, IamSecond.com, or they're all over YouTube as well with some amazing testimonies from people that you would never imagine. Have a wonderful day, and I'll see you tomorrow for Fun Friday.